Okay, yeah, we're good right now. Okay. Wow, I feel famous with this mic. Hang it on. So I arrived in this wonderful country. I met these two great guys. I told Pastor this morning, if you'd have said to me when I landed, I was so sad to leave my country. You can have a million dollars or some people that are just going to love you. I would have said, I just want some people to love me. And they loved me. And every week they loved me. Sunday morning, I remember I used to arrive early. And they would be there. They were kind. They took me into their home. They fed me. See, they didn't know I was Medio Latino. That's true. My mum's family came to England from the north of Spain. Uh, yeah, um, you feel me? Okay, me cut a son. Anyway, my dad was Irish. My Spanish is not good because in the house my dad would say, no Spanish in the house. Guinness, yes. Spanish, no. So my Spanish is not perfecto. But I try. But I'm just honoured to be here today. The Lord has sent me. I am. The Lord has sent me for this time. I wouldn't say I'm the greatest speaker in the world. I'm probably not one of the best, even in this state. I'm probably just an average guy. But the thing is, I don't rely on me, because if I did, you wouldn't see me. If you wanted a great speaker and a preacher and a great theologian, then pastor probably wouldn't have called me. All I have is what the Lord has given me. All I have is this breath, this heartbeat, this suit, Everything I have belongs to him because it was given to me by him. Even though people might look and say, you saw the picture, let's face it, it's not, that's not George Clooney up there. Right? That's not Julio Iglesias when he was young. Well, I'm just a man. But I'm a king in the earth. I'm a priest in the earth. I, I, God sees me as somebody. Every one of you in, sitting here right now or standing and watching online, the Lord sees you as precious. How many of you have children? 
How many of you know that joy of grandchildren is even more powerful sometimes? Right? When what that feeling that you have when you hold that newborn baby or grandchild in your arms and the power of the love, the joy that they bring to you. Multiply that by a trillion and that's how the Lord sees you. Every one of you is precious. I'm here to remind you today. I want to remind you who you are. Next year, 23, I was going to say 23 is the year for Lee. 23 is the year in King James for thee. Net 23, get ready. I'm going to share the word. I'm not just going to talk. We're going to get into some Bible. Let's turn in your Bibles if you'd be so kind to. Let me go find my, my key verse. Matthew chapter 6. We're going to speak about the kingdom. I had no idea the Lord told me, when you go, speak about the kingdom. I want to tell you about the kingdom of God because you are an integral part. The kingdom is made up of people like me and people like you. The Lord has decided for this time in the, on, the, on the face of the earth that you're his kingdom representatives. Amen? Okay, let's read Matthew 6. Matthew chapter 6. We're going to come back to this verse a few times today because it's a simple verse and we overlook it. Matthew 6. 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And the Lord speaks to me when I'm ministering sometimes. Somebody online or here, I don't know, you've got a loved one who's going to the doctors this week for cancer report some treatment, ongoing report and the Lord said, do not worry do not worry believe me, the Lord says, believe me believe me it may not be you it's a loved one the Lord says, just trust me, get their hand when you get there, get their hand and trust and say, the Lord said it you're going to be free from the cancer in Jesus name Amen, we're going to be free today, the Lord's going to speak today, if there's sickness in the house, we're going to rebuke it we're going to come back because seek first the kingdom of God. You may be seated. Seek first the kingdom of God. You know the kingdoms mentioned so many times in the Bible. We often tend to think about the kingdom as just another word, right? But the Bible tells me in Matthew 53 times. Just in Matthew. In Mark 21 times. In the book of Luke 46 times. In John, four times, approximately 150 times in the New Testament alone. And in the whole of the Bible, the king, a kingdom or the kingdom, almost 350 times the word kingdom is used. Now, there's got to be something important about the kingdom. Amen. I come from a kingdom. I had an advantage in life in one way. Even though we were poor, my parents died young. We lived in abject poverty. But I grew up in a kingdom. I knew I had privileges. Amen. Your kingdom people, the kingdom belongs to you. And when you live in a kingdom, privileges are given to you. There are a lot of differences between a, a king and a president. Let me give you an example. A king will serve the people and provide for the people. A president, the people provides for the president. 
You see, the Bible is really, really an amazing thing. It's very simple. We're going to come back to this, but I'm going to tell you this twice today. The story of the Bible is incredibly simple. I was talking to Pastor earlier. This is what the Bible is all about. This is heavy theology. The Bible is the story of two kingdoms. From Genesis to Revelation, it's the story of two kingdoms. They are diametrically opposed. They will never, ever, ever, ever have peace. The good king is ruler number one, and the fake king is wannabe ruler number two. So it's a story of two kings. There's a good king, the king of creation, the king of power, the king of destiny, the ruling king who's been the same today, yesterday, and forever. He can never lose. Amen? The real king can't lose. Sometimes we act like we don't know how we're going to make it. We wonder how the church is going to make it. We say the, church, the government shut the church down in COVID. Do you think we're going to make I heard one guy say, do you think the church is going to make it? I said, of course they're going to make it. The kings in the book said we've made it already. Amen? That's the story of the Bible. Two kingdoms, diametrically opposed. One king will win and has won and always will win. The other king is a fake king. All he wants to do is fake stuff. He just wants to tell you that you're no good, that your English is not good enough, there's not enough education, you've got too much debt, the car you drive is not good enough, your clothes are not good enough, your hair's not good enough, you're too fat, you're too skinny. Everything that you see about yourself that is negative does not come from the true king because the true king says this. He says, you're beautiful, you're handsome, every one of you is, every one of you is as good looking as pastor. Every one of you is suave. When I came in today, I didn't know if I was in a GQ building or I was in a church. I, look, I looked at Pastor Daniel and I looked, then, I looked, then I saw Pastor Josh. I went, I've got to get me one of them things. That's called a cravat. That is, that is a European English looking dude right there. So I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to come with joy and honesty. What you see is what you get. If the Lord had wanted me to be six foot four with blonde hair and blue eyes, it would have made me six foot four with blonde hair and blue eyes. Amen? People say to me, what, what, what's Lee like? I say, well, to ask them if they've never met me and they want to know. I say, he's tall, he's blonde, and he's muscular. <laughs> and then I quit lying. All right, let's get back to the message. <laughs> let's get back to the message. All right. So, you know, the first thing that Jesus ever said publicly in his ministry is found in Matthew chapter 4 verse 17. When he began his ministry he said, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. Isn't that wonderful? The kingdom of heaven is near. We just read Matthew 6, uh, 6.33. The first thing he said when he proclaimed his message in his ministry also. The very first and most important thing Jesus told his disciples was to preach the kingdom. He didn't say, tell them about the end times. He didn't get them all around in Jerusalem and go, hey, tell them I'm pre-trib. Tell them I'm post-trib. Tell them I'm this. Tell them I'm that denomination. Tell me you wear a collar. You don't wear a collar. Tell them to go on TV. Don't go on TV. Go on radio. Tell them to do a billboard. Tell them to do communion this way. Big cup, small cup. Shot glass, big cup. It doesn't matter. 
All the stuff that the church argues about is, is immaterial. The only thing that matters is the king and his kingdom. If you want to be successful in the kingdom and in life, get into the kingdom. Understand the truth of the kingdom. So we're going to move on. I'm going to ask you some questions today. I'm going to answer the questions. If you want to make notes, feel free. But the reason I'm asking questions is to stir your mind. Because this next year, the kingdom people are going to rule and they're going to reign. Everybody else is arguing about, in Mark chapter 9, I believe it is, there's a story of where Jesus goes up onto the mountain with Peter, James, and John. Do you remember that? The Mount of Transfiguration. He goes up onto the mountain. They're up there. It's fantastic. But when they come down from the mountain, this is where the church and the world has been. This is where we've been. We're not going there anymore. They come down off the mountain. It said, when they left the mountain, the teachers of the law were arguing with the disciples. Mark chapter 9, elsewhere. The teachers of the law were arguing with the disciples. It said, but the people, there were three groups of people there, but the people saw Jesus. And the different translations say this, the people saw Jesus and they lost it. All they wanted was Jesus. They weren't saying stuff like this. Did you get a COVID shot, brother? Well, if you got a COVID shot, bro, you don't trust God. And then the other dude goes, you didn't get a COVID shot? Well, you didn't trust God. You're going to be dead in three days. Or, did you do this? Did you do that? It's, it's trash. It's been a distraction in the church. We got the election. It was stolen. It wasn't stolen. To be honest with you, I don't know and I don't care anymore. I just want to get on with my life. Amen. The president, I honor the office. Says, Whoever the president is, that's what the people wanted. I honor the office, but I can't be arguing about this president for the next two years. I've got to pray and get something moving in this land. We've got to see Jesus moving in the land. So, religion opposes the kingdom because all it does is argues about anything that is not the kingdom. Amen? So, let me ask you some questions. We're going to, I've got three questions. They're broken down. What is the kingdom? What is the kingdom of God? And what's the Bible all about? We're going to come back to that. The second question, who is the king? Well, you know the king is. What is a king? Why did he come here? What is his purpose? What is your purpose? What is my purpose? How do I get the most from the kingdom? My third question, how do I really lay hold of the kingdom? What are my privileges? And how can I succeed in the kingdom? So question number one, what's a kingdom? A kingdom is very, very simple. As you know, this is a technical explanation. A kingdom is where the king rules. It's what the king wants when the king wants it. It's where he lives. It's all the, it's, the Bible says that the king, our king, God, Jesus, he owns everything. And even the people. Do you know that God owns you? You don't belong to yourself. You might be American. And I like being, I'm, I was naturalized in 2013. I love being American. But I realized I don't belong to myself anymore because I, there was a price that was paid for me. And I had to pay a price too. You've got to pay your own price because no one's going to walk you into the kingdom, brother and sister. You've got to walk yourself into the kingdom. Amen? You've got to make that decision. Mummy and Daddy can't bring little Johnny and little Mary into the kingdom. Johnny and Mary have to make their own decisions. 
And if you're sitting on the fence today, and I'm not saying you are, but if you're sitting on the fence today, let me help you across the other side of the fence. If you've been wondering about, especially those of you online, if you've been wondering about what it's like to be a Christian, I'm going to tell you what it's like to be a Christian. It's the greatest life you'll ever have. It's a life of adventure. It's not a perfect life because we have our ups and downs. James said, yeah, the trials and temptations and aggravations will come. Even Jesus had them. But the thing is, we know at the end of the day, we're never alone. We know that salvation belongs to us. When we speak salvation, we're not just saying, my soul going into heaven, my spirit going to heaven. What we're talking about is a touch into your life where God reaches down and he says, Marcus, you belong to me. Don't worry about that money. Don't worry about that job. Don't worry about your health. Don't worry about anything. Give it to me. Give it to me. The Lord, even today, the Lord's saying, just lay it down. Lay it down for the sake of the kingdom. When I, I was in the British Army years ago, and I had to swear allegiance to Her Majesty the Queen. You put your hand on the Bible. That was the first time I own went on a Bible. Put my hand on. I said, "What's that?" They said, "It's a Bible." I said, "What's a Bible?" So I put my hand on the Bible, and I swore allegiance. And I promised that I would give my life, if necessary, for the, for my Queen. Now it's King Charles. Pray for Charlie. He's a good guy. Pray for Prince Charles. But I meant it. I meant it with every fibre of my being. If I'd have been shot, if I'd have had to sacrifice my life, I'd have done it. Because I knew I was going to give my life for something greater, for the greater good, for all of mankind, for my country. Amen? And, the, and we do it for the United States also. So what is a kingdom? It's where the king lives. Some interesting points about a king. You know, a king is never voted in. The king is born into it. I was talking to pastor this morning. We were rejoicing that we were born again. We were, we've been born in the king. We sit in heavenly places. Amen. That's the good thing. We're not, I'm not really in Mansfield. I'm up there somewhere. I'm seated in heavenly places. Above all the problems. Above all the stress. Above all the debt of the earth. Above all the politics. Above Mr. Biden this and Mr. Biden that. Above Ukraine. Above all that stuff. I'm not excused from the, what's going on in the world because I have to live in the world, but I'm not of the world because I am seated in heavenly places. Amen. All right, we're going to keep going. What's the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of God? It's not like an earthly kingdom. Our king will not die. He already died. <laughs> he came back. <laughs> they tried to kill him. If only, you know, the Bible makes me laugh. This is one you never hear. If only they had known. Have you ever seen that in the Bible? If only they had known. You see, he, he, took, he paid a public ridicule over the fake false king. Do you remember we said the story of two kings? The Bible said that he made a public ridicule. He triumphed over him by the power of the cross. And it's the power of the cross today that's going to touch you. Hand, put your hand up. I'm not gonna, we're not going to do this right now, but just put your hand up if there's an area in your life that you would value prayer with today. You could do with some prayer physically, emotionally, financially. All right, we're going to pray for you, everybody. I've got areas in my life I could do with some prayer. I mean, I'm not just I'm going to pray for myself. We're going to pray today. I believe by the time I leave here today, there were miracles that are going to happen in this house. Amen. Miracles. And this is what you'll know. God didn't send a handsome rascal to do miracles because he can't do nothing. 
God didn't send me here to do anything but to tell you about the kingdom. All the glory, all the glory goes to the king. One thing about earthly kings, they love to get that glory. Prince Charles sitting on his throne. I mean, I'll give it to the English. They've got some cool stuff. I mean, when Her Majesty died, I cried for her. I cried. I'd know that she was the only monarch I'd known all my life. I loved her. But life goes on. Life goes on. But the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, he looks down. He's with us right now. He knows that we give him the glory. All the glory. It goes. It doesn't go to Charles. God bless Prince Charles, King Charles, but we don't want to give him the glory anymore. It goes to the King of Kings. The Kingdom of God is much more natural than an earthly kingdom. There are no earthly kings that are omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. The King of Kings is the ruler of all the rulers. And even one day, King Charles is going to bow the knee. Can you imagine that? Hallelujah. What's the Bible all about? We said it before, I'm going to say it again. I love to say this. Two kingdoms, <laughs> two kings. Good king who wins, bad king who don't win. They will never have peace. You see, this is when you get in trouble. When sin, sin is having peace with the fake king. Sin is making a treaty and then peace with a king who hates you. Why do we make peace with somebody that wants us dead. The thief king comes to steal and kill and destroy. But he said, Jesus said, the true king said, Pastor Joshua, he said, that's right, I've came for life, to give you life. But not just any old life. Abundant life. Amen. Hallelujah. Abundant life. That's the life we want. That's the life we're receiving. And that's the life we've got. We just looked at the kingdom. We're going to move on real quick. Who is this king? Who is this? Do you know that verse in the Bible? Who is this king of glory? <laughs> it's the Lord, and he's strong and mighty. Yeah, they don't say that about King Charles. King Charles is about 100 years old. He ain't strong and mighty anymore. I mean, he's a great guy, but he's not strong and mighty. He can't take countries down and throw things into space. He wasn't there at creation. He wasn't there slapping the devil down. He wasn't. King Charles has never raised the dead. King Charles has never prayed for the sick. King Charles can't invade, invade continents or do whatever he wants. You know, the Bible says our Lord God is in heaven and he does whatever pleases him. Let me tell you what pleases God. Let me tell you one thing right now that is going to please God today for you to open up your heart. That's all he wants. He doesn't want a big show. He doesn't want a big display. Good to you. You are my king and I'm your child. Amen. Amen. That's what we're going to do today. That's why we're here. The King of Glory. Who is this King of Glory? What is the glory? Ask yourself that. Glory. Have you ever heard that saying, glory land in heaven? But where is glory? Let me tell you where the glory is, wherever the king is. And where's the king? Wherever, wherever he wants to be, whenever he wants to be there, which is everywhere all the time, at one place. We're in glory right now. I can feel the glory of God to right now. I felt when I, I told Pastor when I came around the highway this morning, I, I drove around the corner and I felt the power of God before I came in the building. I knew, honestly, it was like you techno people that are geofence. You know what a geofence is? 
a company I, I do business with, they, we, they make a product and they put a GPS tracker on this product. When they drop the product in a building, they put a geofence around it. And whenever that product leaves that perimeter of that fence, it's invisible. An alarm goes. You know, whenever you move into sin, whenever you get out of the God's will, there's a geofence of power around you. And he's not happy. The alarm bells go off. The alarm bells go off. Maybe there are areas in your life where alarm bells are going off, and you know it. And there's things you wouldn't tell. My dad, used to, my dad was not a believer, man. He used to have a saying. Everybody's done stuff they wouldn't tell no one they'd done. It was an Irish pirate. But that's not, we're not here to condemn. You see, old-time religion condemns. Old-school, old-time religion used to beat people up. Used to say, you're bad, you're useless, you're rubbish, you're no good. But you know, the king is a king of love. And we're not going extreme grace. We're talking about accountability in the house. When you're in a kingdom or you're in the military, you're accountable. When I joined the army, there were rules and regulations. We had a book called The Queen's Regulations or now The King's Regulations. And you better abide by that book because you're in trouble. And they were there for your own good. The Word of God says we need to abide by the words of the book. It's for your own good. It's not to punish you. God doesn't want to punish you. God does not want to punish you. He wants to love you. He wants you to see the truth. Why did Jesus come here? You ever ask yourself, why did Jesus come here? This is a good one. I could say to you, and every one of these answers would be correct, this is not a test and it's not a quiz and it's not a trick. Why did Jesus come? Some people would say, so we can be saved. Some people would say, so we can have a good life. Some people would say, so I can be fed so I can have a home, etc., etc., etc. But my Bible tells me that in 1 John 3, verse 8, and this is New King James, I'm mixing my translations up today, for this purpose the Son of God was made manifest to destroy the works of the devil or the evil one. Some Bible translations say the reason or the purpose the Son of God was revealed was to destroy the works of the evil one, to destroy the works of the devil. That was the reason he came. That kind of, that's a kingy thing to do, right? King David, when he used to roll into a country, he didn't say, how you all doing? He'd kill him. The enemy. He's a king. Sometimes kings have to be violent. Sometimes kings have to give commands where destruction will come for the good of his kingdom. Amen? Sometimes king want to move, want, kings want to move into other countries and invade. It's the king's nature to take new territory. There are not many kings in history, we were talking this morning, but there are not many kings in history that had a country and just sat there. Because people are going to try and invade him, or he's going to try and invade them. Amen? There's only about, I think, six or seven kings in history that have actually gone into battle and been killed. But kings will lead from the front when they need to. King Harold, in, in ancient, back in the 1066, Battle of Hastings history lesson for you, he got an arrow in his eye. Well, that was inconvenient. And he died. But he was a king that went into battle. David went into battle. In the old days, they would go into battle. These days, the kings are probably 50 miles behind the line saying, you know, you go, you go and fight the war. But in the old school, kings used to go straight up the front where the action was. And you know, Jesus is always where the action is. 
Have you thought, have you ever thought about that? Jesus likes a good fight. He ain't scared of nobody. The devil, the devil and his demons, they ain't nothing. When, when, when you've got a problem in your life or a disease or a sickness or a big obstacle, and I've had plenty, and you've had plenty, when you've got a big obstacle in your life, Jesus ain't going, man, that's a tough one, dude. He don't turn around to Gabriel and say, it's a tough one, G. <laughs> He's there. Straight into the battle. You've got to be brave. This kingdom asks you to be brave. Every one of you is brave. Every one of you is brave. Look, let, just think about your life, the things you've done in your life. How far you've come. How you've helped people. How you've come from where you've come from. There's a bravery and there's a, there is a courage inside every child of God that makes demons tremble. Because demons are cowards. They don't fight fair. They hide behind stuff and they're always in the dark. That's right, Pastor. They're always in the dark, but we're children of the light. We will go to the front of the battle. Amen? It's like the US Marine Corps. Who's the first ones in? Any Marines here? Semper Fi, brother. Semper Fi. I love that. I like saying it because it makes me feel tough. <laughs> when I see a Marine, I go, Semper Fi. I don't tell them I wasn't a Marine. I just want to kind of hang with them for a little while. Because they're the greatest. What made America great? U.S. Marine Corps. Come on. Every, you guys should know that. We have the Royal Marines, but, but there's only 20 of them. <laughs> British, there's, there's less people in the British Army than there, and the Navy and the Air Force and the Coast Guard put together than there is in the U.S. Marine Corps. That, that's a little old country, but they, you know, they do their best. Okay, amen. All right, so he came to destroy the works of the evil one. What's his purpose? That's a good one. How many of you had a job interview in the last 12 months? Anybody? They want to know what your purpose is all about? It's a buzzword right now, business. What is your purpose? Okay. It's hard to find. Let me tell you someone who knew their purpose many years ago, who knew that he was sent by God to be a leader and a pastor. I mean, that's a, that's a major purpose. But you also have a purpose. Every one of you in your life, if you're a father, your purpose is to lead your children with love and with respect. If you're a teacher, it's to lead your children with te teach your children with love and respect. Whatever job you have, your purpose is to do that job to the best of your ability or find another job. But everybody has a purpose. Jesus' purpose was to destroy the works of the evil one. Let me give you a good verse for that one. In Luke chapter 4, 18 to 21, and this comes through from the Old Testament. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to pre preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty all those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That is also your job. Amen? That's also your job. That's my job. There are people even in your family that are blind. There are workmates that you have that are blind. There are people that are oppressed. There are people that are in relationships and they hate it and they're being abused. There are people that you know that could need, they may need just a few dollars they may need the odd cuddle. They may need what I needed when I landed in this country. I needed somebody to love me. I, had, I, had, I landed with nobody in the whole world. 
And these two wonderful gentlemen got alongside me and I became, I was like the third brother. I almost changed my name. You, it could have been Lee Ramos. But, I, I'm not, but I'm not, you can tell I don't hang with these guys because I'm a scruff and they're suave and debonair. So anyway, but you need love. But there are people that need us. And how do we, how do we beat the devil? We beat the devil by loving. It's easy. When I, when I love you and I'm kind to you, that is, that is that he hates it. You're dismantling his wicked little kingdom and his plans. He wants you to be sad and to be lonely. Even if you live on your own, you don't need to be lonely. I mean, you've got somewhere to come every week where people are going to love you, where you can grow and flourish. I promise you, I've watched these two gentlemen for many years. If you hang with them, you'll succeed. Everybody that hangs with these guys becomes successful. Their lives expand. Their lives are, are opposing the enemy's work and bringing the work of Jesus in because they know that their purpose is to love and to serve. We're going to jump over to last question, three. How do I take my place in this kingdom? I'm going to jump way, way back for this one. You want to know where you come from? You know, you, to know where you're going, sometimes you need to remember where you come from. See, I came from the streets. I didn't, I didn't grow up in a palace. I grew up in a tenement house with two immigrant parents, five families in one house, one, one toilet, five families, two rooms. The room was about as big as this, and another room with one tiny sink, and the four other families would share the house. But, it, you know, I didn't stay there. But I remember where I came from. Let me, tell you what, let me tell you God's original plan for mankind and we're going to bring you up to Jesus. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Then God said, let's make man in our image and in our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that walks, moves on the ground. So God's original intent, that was God's original intent. Those words given to Adam. He said, I bless you. I want you to be fruitful, which means to produce and to be productive. Not just children, but children too. Multiply. Basically, multiply. Do that and do it again. Increase in number. Replenish. Recreate. Reprovide. Fill the earth. Subdue. Take dominion. You know, when you yield to Jesus, you're subduing the earth. You're subduing the works of the enemy. You know, when you go to work and you get your pay, you come, you pay your tithe, you bless people, you provide for your children, you put food on the table, that is subduing the earth. That is showing the enemy where it came from and that you think you're grateful to take it from where it came from. So we look into Genesis 1. That was God's original intent for mankind. We know what happened in Genesis 3, but we ain't going to stay there because that, that, was a, that was a little black eye. Somebody said to me once, it was a black eye. I said, it wasn't even that. It was a blip. Because years later, the king comes. The king comes with the purpose of destroying all of those works of the evil one. 
everything the devil's ever done to you has already been destroyed. He held him up to public ridicule at the cross. He came to destroy, to dismantle, to disarm, to explode, to demolish every single work of the enemy. The king has already done it. He did it and he's doing it today. He didn't just do it one time. He's still doing it today. Even today, when I came in today, I was shown love. I was shown honor and respect. The works of the kingdom were evident in my life. People show me love and respect. Every one of you has a fantastic plan for their life. God has already ordained it. We're going to come to that in a moment. There are benefits of being in a kingdom. Let me tell you some kingdom benefits from growing up in the, in the old country. When I had, well, I still have a British passport, as you open it up, it says, it's got a big cool crown, you know, big old English crown, very nice, very suave. You open it up and it says, to whom it may concern, her Britannic Majesty, or his Britannic Majesty, requests and requires. Basically it says, don't mess with him. If you mess with him, we're going to send our ten soldiers are going to go and get you. If you mess with him, you're going to have to talk to me. That's what it says. When I take my British passport, which I'm American, but I take my British passport, and I show them, and it says, if you mess with this person, the full weight of the kingdom will come down upon you. And they mean it. And they mean it. Even though we know it probably won't happen. When the enemy messes with me, when I'm in trouble, when I hold up my passport, this this shows me I belong to the kingdom. Oh, it's in there. This is my Bible passport. And I say, listen to me. You can say it. I'm not believing it. I know that's happened, but I'm not receiving it. I know what you said, but I'm not going to take it. I know what the doctor said, but I'm not going to receive it. I know what my bank says, I'm not receiving it. I know know what's going on in my life, but I'm not receiving it. Because I am going to rest on the almighty words of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And whatever the King says about me is true. The devil is a liar. He's a stinking liar. He cannot tell the truth to save his life. He was born a liar, and he'll die a liar. He'll be a liar forever. He was a liar from birth. My king says, Lee Crone is a good man. He's my son, and I love him. And I'll send my angels to protect him. I'll send my Holy Spirit to protect him. If he believes in me and trusts me, he can have whatever he wants. You know, the Bible says you can have days of like heaven on earth. Now, I don't want to take that to the extremes, but it must mean something. And what I believe it means is I can have the protection of Almighty God on a daily basis in my life, and nothing can touch me. Nothing. This is... The Bible says it's sharp and a two-edged sword. My youngest son used to serve on the U.S. Virginia in the U.S. I nearly said the Royal Navy, forgive me. (laughs) The USS Virginia. And his job was a fire control technician. And what he did was he was in charge of the cruise missiles and the torpedoes. And they used to have a sign inside the submarine. It says, any broom, any building, any country, anywhere in the world. Because those weapons could go and they could pick the room. You know, they could fly through this room right now and explode in their back office. And this Bible is stronger than any cruise missile. It's stronger than any torpedo. 
is stronger than any nuclear atomic type bomb or any weapon. This looks like a book. It's the book of books. Because it was written by the King of Kings. And you know what? You're a son and daughter of the King, of the Most High God. Everything in your Bible. You know, sometimes, you ever seen Joel Osteen when he says, this is my Bible? It says, what it, I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have, etc., etc. When I first saw that years ago, I used to think, oh, okay. And then I, I listened to it once and I thought, man, it's powerful. It says, I can have whatever it says. I can be whatever it says I can be. I can have all the protection it says I can have. That I'm special. I'm actually a somebody. I'm not just a nobody. I'm not just an immigrant, even though I am an immigrant. I'm not just a person of short stature who can lose a few pounds. God sees me as a man of destiny. God sees me as more like James Bond than who I really am. You know, I, I, I kind of like James Bond. He's a bit of a sinner, but he's a cool dude. But joking aside, I would, I would encourage you today, 23, even if you only read one verse a day, get back into your Bible, because it, it will change your life. It will change your life. Hallelujah. All right. Benefits of being in the kingdom. Many, 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 many benefits. How can I make this a kingdom reality? There are two things that will establish you. If you really want to be a kingdom person, number one, you must submit to the king. If you don't submit to the king, you're toast. There's no half submission. There's no, I'll serve you when. I'll serve you forever because you're kind, because you love me. You want my best interests. All you fathers out there, you know what it's like to love your kids. I want the best for your kids and mums, but fathers, you want the best for your children. You want your children to prosper. You would do anything for your kids. That's why you get up early in the morning. You work late. That's why you pay the bills, and if there's any stress and stuff, you have to go through it sometimes. You must submit to the Almighty King. But most importantly, we're going to go back to Matthew 6.33. But seek first his kingdom if you want everything. And his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. But don't worry, verse 34, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So in closing today, we're going we're gonna to touch base on a couple of things as we close it down first thing you need to know the true king wants a relationship with each of us and it's an ongoing relationship how many people would be married still after many years if when they stood at the altar they said I love you I do forever we shall be together and that's the last time you said anything nice to your wife you'd be, out, you'd be history within six months there'd be some other dude saying I love you you know you've got to stay current with Jesus you've got to tell him you love him that's right you've got to tell him you love him keep the relationship alive and he wants you to join you join him in his kingdom and make him the lord of your life so we're going to take some time with pastor's permission 
If you need prayer, please come. However you do it in the house, whatever your custom is. For your body, for your finances, your healing, your heart, your mind. Even for somebody else. We're going to ask the Lord to touch you today. Hallelujah. I have a couple of words for a couple of people. There was a young man playing the bass guitar. Is Is he gone? The Lord really gave me a touch me today and asked me to give him a word. Okay, I've got a couple more. That's okay. That's okay. Richard, the Lord says he's seen your sacrifices and he really loves the way that you serve. He loves your humility. And he says sometimes people think you go too far in your level of service, but the Lord said you can't go too far. You can never go too far in serving me. He said, and all this kindness that you've shown will be repaid. And the Lord said there are going to be practical repayments as well. He says, it won't be just be you feeling good. He said, there will be dollars in your pocket. The Lord says, for the, what you've given, the Lord says, the harvest will come. The young man on the bass guitar, the Lord told me to give you a word of Can I give you a blessing, a word of encouragement? When you were standing off to the side today, the Lord said, check him out. As you were playing, the Lord said, he's off at the side. He can't go any further. He'd be in the parking lot if he went any further. And the Lord said that he sees you being humble and playing with humility. And the Lord says, one of these days you'll be at the front. The Lord says, I'll put you out on the edge to observe and to serve and to grow in dignity and to grow in respect. And he says, don't despise these days where you're playing on the edge. One day you'll be in the middle. He says he's going to put a spotlight under you in the years to come. He says, and when the spotlight comes, enjoy it. He said, because that's your destiny. Can I just keep rolling? All right. I've got a few. When the Lord speaks... You can tell that I don't do this every day, but when the Lord speaks, I want to be obedient. The, the sister with the, uh, like a leopard skin, I like that, that's cool. I want to get some boots like that one day. The Lord says, you feel sometimes like you're all alone. And you feel like you're the only one who gets you. And the Lord said, I really get you. And the Lord says, those people that have opposed your walk of faith will come to you and apologize. Because the Lord says, you're not on your own. You're not walking on this long and lonely road. The Lord says that you are my daughter, and I love the way that you honor me. And the Lord says, you honor me in silence, when many people are loud and boisterous. And the Lord says, start to speak out, open your mouth for me. The Lord says, I put a lot of things in your heart. A lot of stuff deep down inside there that is rivers of goodness and power. And the Lord says there was a there was a, a foundation of the deposit put in you at a very young age. And the Lord says that has been that has been growing. It's growing. It's growing. He says you're like a bottle of champagne. There are bubbles of goodness and bubbles of knowledge. And the Lord says I'm going to tear the cork off, and you're going to start to speak for me. 